The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, everybody. What's happening? This is Micah Warren. We are here on G. Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. Got a lot to go over this evening. Um... Obviously, we're out of Philly here, so uh can definitely talk some Eagles. That does happen from time to time on this show. We do talk some Eagles. And also, we're going to talk a little Phillies, too. Uh, you know, they're in the playoffs right now. Actually, kind of some interesting playoffs going on right now. Um, Phillies are in the playoffs. They're tied at one apiece with the Rockies, which essentially, I guess you have to give credit to the Rockies. When you go on the road in the playoffs in these series, whether it's, you know, NBA, NHL, whatever it is, if you can split those first two away games, if you're the road team, you, you – that's all you're really looking for is to get that split. Obviously, if you can get two on the road and take a 2 nothing lead back home, that's, that's great. But, yeah, realistically, if you, if you can split them and, and go back home, uh, you're in pretty good shape. And the Rockies did that. Uh, Cole Hamels yesterday, not good. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I know he just had a son, and that's great. Um, but this isn't the Cole Hamels we've come to know, and, and we, we talked about it all year. He was just not himself. He wasn't the Cole Hamels that – he was in the 2008 playoffs, and he wasn't that this year. He wasn't all year. He was up and down. He gave you some good starts, but he gave you some head scratchers. And yesterday was one of those. Um, he gave up, uh, was it, four earned runs through five innings. And, you know, that's not the end of the world, especially with, with the Phillies lineup, the lineup that they have. Um, you know, they can put up 12 in a night. You know, they can. They have that kind of ability. But still. Somebody that you consider to be an ace, somebody that was the postseason MVP of everything last year. If, if there was an award for the postseason last year, Hamels got it. You know, he was just absolutely lights out. So following game one, Cliff Lee goes out there. And yeah, a little trouble early, sure, but <laughs> nine, nine uh, innings, one run. I mean, that's when you talk about a team with bullpen problems, and this team does have their bullpen problems, especially that back end with Lidge. I, I don't think that the bullpen's as bad as, as a whole, as, as some of the people are making it, um, particularly the announcers that are doing the games and complaining about the bad bullpen. I really don't think the, the whole bullpen's that bad. It's really that it's that closer that that's you know Lidge and whoever else they decide to replace him. So your newly acquired uh, ace, whatever they supposedly have two aces, Cliff Lee goes out complete game. You gotta love it. You gotta love that he goes out there. You don't even have to worry about that bullpen. You go complete game like that. You know, obviously that's a, that's kind of a rarity, but. So then, then you look, boy, if Hamels can come out and shut him down, and then you say, wow, this is, this is going to be a tough team. This team's going to be a tough out, which I, I believe they're going to be a tough out anyway. But when you have two guys, you're, when you have two studs at the top of that rotation, man, that's it's tough to beat. And that, that is tough to beat. So Hamels goes out there. Now you've you got more questions than ever, mainly because Mr. Manuel, Charlie Manuel, did something that, had a lot of people scratching their heads, wondering, what is he doing? Now, I can tell you what he's doing. I know what he's doing. He's thinking, I want to win this game, this particular game, and whatever Saturday be darned, we'll see. We'll worry about that when it comes, which, you know, I don't know if that's the best way to manage a baseball team, but whatever. So, Hamels gets knocked out after five, and he brings Blanton in. Now, Joe Blanton, <laughs> I still don't know if he's ever pitched out of the bullpen. This guy's a starter. He's an innings eater. And so you say, well, oh, you can start. You can pitch out of the bullpen. That's not really the case. Um, not that you can't pitch out of the bullpen, but it, it, it's something you have to get used to, you have to get to learn, because as a starter, you go out there before the game, do whatever you have to. you got your pregame ritual. Um, and you get yourself warmed up. You get yourself ready. Bullpen's different, and that's what starters who get sent to the bullpen have to learn, is how to warm up. Uh, you typically don't have a ton of time 
you have to get ready and get ready quick and then come in. And in most situations, you don't have time to screw up. You don't have time to feel people out, um, especially when you come into situations where there's runners in scoring position or they're on base or whatever it is. You've got to come in and you've got to close it down. You don't have any room for error. Um, this is one of the reasons I didn't think Pedro should be pitching out of the bullpen. He'll come out in the first inning and, and load the bases, maybe give up a run or two, while, you know, take some minutes to settle down. You don't have that in the bullpen. You can't do that. So you got that. Blanton comes out those 19 pitches, and you're thinking, oh, all right, maybe. Uh, and I see, I see what Charlie's doing. And when I first saw Blanton go out there, I'm thinking, he wants, he wants Blanton to finish this game. And he came out in, what, the sixth inning he went out. And, yeah, if he, if he finishes that up, that's fine because he's a starter. He, he, he is stretched out. He could do that. He didn't. But so when they pulled him out, I'm thinking, okay, I guess they're not having him finish the game. But who comes in but Jay Happ? Now, Happ was something like 12-4 and four this year, uh, ERA under three, rookie of the year candidate. This kid's a starter. And he's one of the people that was a, the potential to start game three. You know, they named quickly the starter, which meant, you know, for game one. So that, you knew that was Hamilton game two, but no one knew what was going to happen in game three. Now, the Rockies are not a good lefty hitting team, so you would think, Hap would be your guy. Nope. So now, Hap, who got hurt, he got a bruised leg, because after about three pitches, he took a comebacker off his leg. Um, so that's bad, obviously. Didn't throw a ton of pitches. You could still use him, obviously. It, you know, it's not like you know, they wore him out and it's like, oh, he's not going to be available for the rest of the, the series. That's probably kind of the case. Um, Bland threw a few more. He's still probably available. That's fine. So now you're left with, Pedro pitching game three, he's not your third best starter. And I know he's been pretty good his last few starts. Uh, he's, he's shown that he can go deep into games. Do you trust this guy? Do you really trust Pedro? Now, because now it's 1 1. Because Hamill didn't do his job, I mean, it just affects so much. So now you use Blanton and Hap, and they didn't even get you all the way through the game. You use Myers. I mean, it, it seemed like they pulled out every pitcher they had in game two. And I blame two people. I blame Cole Hamels. I blame Charlie Manuel. What Manuel tried to do didn't work. It didn't. Hamels put him in that position to make a bad decision, and he did. I'm, uh, I'm not anti-Charlie Manuel. I think he's a phenomenal manager. He's a World Series champion. I'm not going to who am I to say. I think this was a bad decision. And it was clearly, you know, his hand was forced by, by Hamels, and Hamels has got to be better than that. Baby on the way, nothing. You've got to be better than that. So now you're headed to game three with Pedro as your starter, and if you're a Phillies fan, you know, if you're up 2-0, you say, all right, send Pedro out there. It's a five-game series. We have three more games. They'll find a way to win one of them. Well, now it's 1-1. And if Pedro stinks up the joint, you're down 2-1. to one. You have misused Blanton to the point. I, I guess you could still use him as your game four starter. Maybe Lee's ready to go again. Uh, I have to check. If that's the case, then Lee is almost certainly going to pitch another game uh, in this series. And he might have to. If they're down 2-1, you might have to send Lee out there. I don't know what your other options are. Uh, you know, is Hap going to be okay? If he is, yes, you send him out there. Hap's fine to go. But it's just funny how one bad start can throw so many things off. You know, after game one, Cliff Lee, complete game, shuts him down, 5 nothing most of the game. Now it's 5-1 just destroys them. Rockies are never in it. So, oh, it's great. Hey, 1-0 Phillies. Oh, who are we playing in the National League Championship Series? Who, who, who's in the NLCS? doesn't matter because Hamill stunk up the joint, and I don't want to put that all on him because the lineup has, has struggled at times, and they're culpable in this too. Um, but the bottom line is you're now at 1-1, one and, one, and what do you do? Um, I, I, gotta, I just got to tell you, I just am not thrilled that Pedro has to be the guy. What if he stinks up the joint? What if he goes out, he gives you three runs, you're already down 5 nothing. I'm sorry, he gives up five runs and he can't get out of the third. You better get Blanton back on the phone. You better get Blanton back on the phone, and who, who knows if he can be effective once you're down like that. So, you know, very, very curious decision uh, by Mr. Manuel. And uh, if you want to tell us what you think about you know, Charlie's decision and where the Phillies are, it's 888-346-9144. You know, one of the things I said uh, heading into these playoffs, 
I said, you give me 85% of Lidge from last year and a Banez from this early season, and I'll tell you the Phillies are going to steamroll onto the World Series. One of those things has kind of happened. Technically, <laughs> technically both have, because Lidge hasn't had to go into a game. So he's been perfect. <laughs> they haven't lost anything with Lidge. But Banez is actually doing all right. He's hitting a little better. I still think he's got an injury that he's never fully recovered from. But you can't say he's going out there and, and being an easy out. You know, that's, that's Carlos Ruiz's job. And until someone takes it from him, now nah, I'm just having fun with Carlos. He, he is pretty bad at the plate, though, you have to admit. But that doesn't matter because he's your eighth hitter. If that's really what you're worried about, you're in trouble anyway. Um, so, yeah, they're looking at they're looking at two and one, and Philly's got to be a little scared. You, you look at this team, you say, in a lot of ways, they are better than last year's team, but it doesn't matter. And this is, you know, we can get into this too if you want to talk about this, the five-game series. If you're going to tell me the Colorado Rockies are a better team than the Phillies, you're crazy. They're not, but it doesn't matter. This is, the, this is the, my problem with the five-game series. And I'm not saying this, you know, to give the Phillies any excuse, because that, that's nonsense. You've got to go out and, and you've got to win games. The, you can lose to an inferior team very easily. It, it takes one or two bad moments, and Cole Hamels had that moment. And we'll get into it more on the other side. Look, this is T. Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren on Voice America Sports. We'll see you in a minute. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like, Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. Or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like... See store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. Or try to convince you that our product will give you... Leaner, tighter abs in minutes. Perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren. We're talking a little Phillies, and uh, I pretty much went through that. That's my little rant. I'm done with that. Uh, of course, if you want to call us and talk Phillies, I'd be glad to. It's 888-346-9144. But it's probably time to talk Eagles. Um, they're coming off the bye week. Andy Reid has not lost a bye week, uh, post-bye week game. I'm sorry, the first week after the bye week. I didn't imply that he's never lost after the bye week ever for the rest of the season. But he's coming off the bye week. They're 2-1. Mm, tough, tough to get a, a real read on this team right now because they've played two miserable teams and pounded them. They stomped on the Panthers, and then they just shredded the Chiefs, who I don't even know if they look like an NFL-caliber team right now. Uh, they're pretty bad. And they played one good team, and they got their heads handed to them, which was the Saints game. Uh, Drew Brees came in here. The Eagles hung with him for the first half. You know, Kevin Cobb has been starting the last two games. They uh, they hang with him for the first half, and then Drew Brees decides to tell them what he thinks of their defense. You know, a quick interception by Cobb, some touchdowns, and that one's out of hand, and that's done. So it, it's tough to tell. You know, because it, it's also tough to tell this early in the season because when you look at, yeah, we know the Chiefs are a bad team. We know that the Saints, we're pretty sure they're a good team. Panthers, you never really know. It's tough to tell. When you're, when you're winning or losing games to teams when it's this early. 
who's who anyway. So it's tough to tell who the really good teams are sometimes or, you know, who's decent and who's not so decent. But as far as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are coming to Philly on Sunday, I think the, uh, the jury's in on those guys. They are they're brutal. They are a bad, bad football team. And they're, they're certainly not the only one in the league, I'll tell you that. There's more bad football teams in the league right now than I can ever remember. And I'm not talking about just, oh, struggling to get a win, you know, one bounce here or there. I'm talking about legitimately awful, awful teams. And the Bucks are one of them. And Gene and I talked about this last week where, you know, you talk about certain teams where they say, well, the schedule didn't do them any favors. Schedule did the Eagles a huge favor. Because with McNabb banged up with the ribs, uh, you got Kevin Cobb going out there. You didn't know what you had in them. You know, Andy Reid and, and Heckert and those guys have been staring at Cobb for years and still didn't know what they had. They find out, you know, the kid can play a little bit. You know, he first quarterback in NFL history to have 300-plus yards passing in his first two starts. Very impressive, all well and good. But it was nice. You know, yeah, yeah the Saints game was not thrilling, but it was nice to get a stretch of Chiefs, bye week, Bucks, Raiders. Wow. Thank you, NFL schedule. Uh, you know, Westbrook's banged up, Donovan's banged up, and, you know, it could prove to be a big turning point or a huge help for this team that they got some young guys in there uh, early against bad teams. You know, LaShawn McCoy, the rookie out of, out of Pitt, he's gotten a chance to touch the football early. Uh, Kevin Cobb's gotten a chance to throw Macklin, and I'm going to get into Macklin real soon. He's getting a chance to start. He started last week. He's going to start this week. And that's because Kevin Curtis and Jay will tell you this. He said just watching this guy run the facility, his body is just breaking down. And it's what happens. You know, he's only 30, 31 years old, Curtis is, unless he had a birthday in the last month or so that I missed. I didn't get an invitation, but whatever. Whatever, Kevin. Um, <laughs> he, his body's breaking down. And he's had two sports hernia surgeries. And, God, it's just not good. It takes forever to come back from. And, and when, you're, when you're at this level in this, in this league, um, uh, Kevin Curtis, certainly a starting caliber quality uh, wide receiver. You know, when he's healthy, obviously, a little banged up right now. And you're watching this kid, Jeremy Macklin, who was drafted 19th overall. And obviously, you don't draft guys 19 overall to have them sit on the bench the rest of their career. They want to get this guy in, especially what they saw what Deshaun Jackson could do last year. Now, granted, they're different players. But they're like, wow. You know, but before, if you follow the Eagles at all in Andy Reid's tenure, rookies don't play. They play if they absolutely have to. Rookies never played. And I think Andy Reid uh, can't be the only one when they saw just about every rookie the Giants drafted in 2007 make some contribution to that Super Bowl championship. And it kind of changed a lot of people's thinking. I, I personally believe it changed Andy Reid's thinking to say, you know, maybe, maybe rookies can play. So, so now Macklin is getting this opportunity you could, you could argue that, that he's kind of pushing him along based on the fact that he, he's starting to believe now that rookies can play. Um, if, Reggie Brown could start. If he had to, I know you don't love Reggie Brown. He's not the worst. He has starting experience. He can play on the outside. But no, we're going to Macklin. So whatever. But Reggie Brown doesn't even dress. I mean, he, he's, if, if he's not starting, he doesn't dress. That's, that's the dichotomy of Reggie Brown. He's either a starter or he's not, he's not even sniffing the field. Um, so you got Macklin in there. And here's my issue with Macklin. And I know it's early, and I know receivers take time to develop. Uh, I think Jerry Rice had two touchdowns his rookie year. You know, I think some, you know, 22 the next, but in a strike-shortened year. But uh, it takes receivers time to develop. Some can come in and play right away. That's usually not the norm. My problem with Macklin is this. Even before Deshaun really, and, he, and he's getting better, it just seems like every game that kid's getting better and better. But even still, I watched him probably his second training, uh, training camp practice, and when you watched him, you said, wow. You saw something. He just looked like a receiver. He got it. He knew how to cut. He knew his vision was phenomenal. He runs well with the ball. He catches it the right way. And for the most part, Macklin catches it the right way. I got no beef there. I haven't seen anything. Not, when I say anything, yeah, he's caught a couple passes here and there, but when you talk about the 19th overall pick and you want this kid to come in and be special at some point, you know, it doesn't have to be day one, 
some point you're hoping the kid is special or even serviceable, whatever. Even just about every great player, even if they took a long time to develop, and a lot of them do, there's still that one moment maybe here or there. Maybe it's a cut. Maybe it's a certain way you catch the ball. Maybe it's just a certain run, just one play where you go, oh, now I get it. And I, I kind of almost, I think the perfect example is, and who knows if this guy will ever be worth anything, and I'm sure everyone's going to shut their radio off when I mention soccer, but it's like this Freddie Adu kid that we've heard so much about. You know, oh, when he was 15, he's going to be the next this, and he's finally U.S. soccer, this and that. He doesn't, he doesn't even play. He doesn't, even, he doesn't start. He doesn't really even play for the U.S. unless it's a blowout. But that said, I've seen little moments, little moves here and there, pretty rarely, obviously, because if it was with some degree of regularity, he would be out there, where you go, oh, I get it. That's what they're talking about. And that's important. And so Macklin hasn't shown me that. And you can say it's only three games, stop complaining, and I know, and you do tell me that on gcob.com. I, I, you, you all yell at me, and that's fine. But so, so I kept thinking this, and then I, I noticed something today G wrote for gcob.com that I found was interesting. And he said, you know what, I like, I like the kid. I like the kid's playmaking abilities. He could, you know, I think he could be okay. He said, I don't like his attitude. And it's on gcob.com. You can go there right now. It's mentioned a couple times. And he said he basically walks around and wanders around the locker room and the, and the facility like he's done something. And that sense of entitlement, that sense of accomplishment when you haven't done anything can be your downfall. And so far I haven't seen it on the field. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I'm not. Something needs to change, though. He's got talent. He, uh, he catches the ball very well, catches things with his hands, which I love to see. He's got good speed. Um, he, he, to me, he's proven he's not a punt returner. Please stop asking him to return kicks or punts or whatever. And, and you could even argue that his lack of success on punt and kick returns has made him a little gun-shy when he's out there at receiver, and that's possible. But if he's got that attitude, and that, he, you can argue, you say, well, Deshaun Jackson has an attitude, but that's not the same case. Uh, even as G pointed out, uh, Deshaun Jackson has an attitude toward football and toward the football field. He's got this cocky attitude, and we see the way he dances and sometimes forgets to bring the ball into the end zone with him. Um, but that's on the football field type stuff. Uh, you wish he didn't do it. You certainly don't want him flipping around, hurting himself, that's for sure, or penalties or whatever it is. That's stuff I don't like. But to talk to him off the field, he's just a, a quiet, nice guy, doesn't take that cocky attitude that he takes toward football. He doesn't take that toward the people around him that I've seen or G has seen. And that's a big difference because um, that tells me the kind of person you are, the kind of work at the U. Deshaun Jackson almost takes things as everything's a personal thought. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better, and you're going to love it. And you don't have a choice. And I'm going to do things in the football field that may annoy you, but I'm going to be so good, you're not going to have a choice but just to deal with it. And that's kind of where Deshaun is heading. Uh, I know he's a little undersized, but he's the same size pretty much as Marvin Harrison was. He looks a little fragile, but so far, knock on wood, he's been able to stay healthy. And this guy just—he's just getting better right before your eyes. I mean, he is moving up the charts of, of the great receivers in the league. And you, you almost wish Macklin took that that approach. Why don't you take that instead of acting like you're—you know what you're doing? And I've been there, done that. You haven't been there, and you haven't done that. And if it doesn't change, and he's going to get every opportunity. I mean, again, even with first-round picks in general, nobody gives you one start and then says, all right, you're out of here. It just doesn't happen. There's too much of an investment. That's nonsense. He's going to get his chances. And right now he's getting a big one. He's getting a chance to start for a team that, agree or disagree, has Super Bowl aspirations. And there are expectations, especially when, whether it's Westbrook or McCoy back there, and I think this week we're going to see uh, – we're going to see both of them back there. And you have Deshaun on the other side that you have to account for. And you do have Donovan McNabb, who's a great quarterback. And now you have Brent Selleck. Man, all this guy does is his job. All Brent Selleck does is what he's supposed to do, and he does it well. He is a phenomenal safety valve. Not the fastest guy in the world. That's fine. He's tight end. I mean, he's not supposed to be a burner. And he catches everything thrown his way. My point is there's other parts of this offense. It's not like everyone's just saying, hey, Jeremy, go out there by yourself. That's not the case. But you got to practice. you got to have the right attitude. And it, it was kind of almost, um, what's the word, justified my, uh, my criticism of Macklin. 
to hear that he's got this bad attitude kind of explains maybe why he hasn't done so much, you know? <sighs> but whatever, we're, uh, we're going to take a break. This is G-Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com, and we'll see you in a few. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked let's face it the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes the team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful the fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be but how do you make them faster after all like many coaches maybe you were told that you can't teach speed that an athlete is either born with it or they're not right wrong Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877 877- Five one zero fast. There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right. When you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised, better-built world of outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at OutdoorVideoSchool.com. Start your career in television now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? This is G Cop in the house. We are on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren. Uh, we're just hanging out with you on a Friday evening if you're out east with me in Philadelphia. Uh, unseasonably warm Friday evening for October. Uh, actually, having some good weather out here. Um, it's, a little, it's a little confusing, I have to admit. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the calendar, and it says October, so I'm trying to dress accordingly. Then, of course, you go outside, and you're woefully improperly dressed oh, 75 degrees look that's great when it's, uh, it's it's october just get cold already anyway speaking of cold uh i was talking before about, about the tampa bay buccaneers who the eagles play this week and, and just how bad they are and that they're not alone they're not alone uh the buccaneers are awful the raiders are awful the chiefs the browns the rams i'm talking dreadful and it's a lot of that. I don't even put the Lions in this dreadful category. If that, if, does that help at all about what I'm talking about? The Lions, to me, are like that second tier above dreadful right now because at least they're showing something. They have a few players. You know, they got their win. They're on fire. Um, but I'm just talking bad. And, and one of the teams that, 
I've been looking over recently and just, God, I mean, since the Raiders went to the Super Bowl in 2002 and got their heads handed to them, ironically, by this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, obviously not the same one because these guys are the opposite of good. They're bad. And when they lost Rich Gannon, they're just they're bad. They've never replaced that quarterback. Uh, you know, Kerry Collins and Aaron Brooks are probably the best that they've done. But so, so I'm looking at the Raiders, and you go, wow, they're bad. And I, I think a culture of losing starts at the top, and that's not to knock Al Davis. He's one of the most important people in NFL history. But I think it's time to stop. You don't have to sell the Raiders, Al. You don't have to sell them. You've got to stop running them. This is bad. Uh, you know, you look at the Redskins' problems. What's the common denominator there? Dan Snyder. You know, Vinny Serrato is, is his general manager, largely because he doesn't tell Dan no. And Dan does what he wants. And when an owner's doing things the way he wants and he's running the team and the owner has his hands in things, it's bad, even when you're out Davis and you have experience. Uh, Jerry Jones is one of the exceptions. He does a pretty good job, even though you know, he probably could have someone in his ear tell him what to do also. But so you look at the, the one way you really have to build a football team, you can't do it with free agency. You have to do it through the draft uh, with the salary cap. There's just not, uh, it's just not the, uh, the money with the salary cap to, uh, to, to build a team through free agency. You have to do it through the draft, and uh, the, their, their drafts this entire decade have been terrible. Uh, but right now we got Ryan on hold. Um, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, Micah. Thanks for taking my call. No worries, brother. Um, you were just talking about building through the draft. I mean, look at the Eagles doing that underneath our noses. Uh, usually when a team is rebuilding, they go through a bad period. They got Macklin, Deshaun. I mean, they look stacked as far as the future goes. I mean, and what do you uh, think of Trotter? Did you hear any uh, talk about him looking good, or how much uh, play do you think he's going to get this week? Well, supposedly, uh, supposedly he looked good in the workouts, you know, whatever, whatever that means, you know. Until you see a team go out there and game plan knowing he doesn't run very well, and they start with those screens and that underneath stuff, and they're going to ask him to stay with guys. I mean, you remember the 2006 playoff game against the Saints. <laughs> they were running Reggie Bush right to that corner. They knew Trotter wasn't going to get there. Um, he is, I believe he's starting, though, Ryan. And that tells me what they think of Gaither. Yeah, and especially as they hit this this part of the schedule where you've got Dallas, who is running the football phenomenally right now. Yes, Felix Jones is going to be out this week, and but Barber's coming back, and they got the shard choice. Uh, the Giants are going to run the ball heavily, especially with Eli's foot issues, and the Redskins are going to run the ball even if they stink. Whatever. What do you think about Trot? Are you glad they brought him back? I mean, from, not, not from an emotional point of view. We all loved Trot when he was great. Uh, do you think he was the right move? And, and what does that tell you about what they think about uh, Gaither? Well, I would think that you would figure Joe Mays' body is a lot more uh, able to take the punishment, and we both know that uh, his coverage is suspect. So if they were going to bring Trotter in, mainly as you know a run-support linebacker, I guess they either fear that Mays' injury is severe or he is completely inept. Yeah, and, and I think the latter of that, Ryan, I, I think – I don't want to say completely inept, but I, I might think of that for right this second. Not even, you know, he will go in, he will shoot some gaps, and, and he will crack some skulls. But like you <laughs> said, he's a liability in coverage. And the problem is, and this was, Trotter had a problem with this too, is shooting the wrong gap. When you shoot that wrong gap, remember, we, when Trotter was playing, and we're going to keep an eye on this, this is one of the things I want to see when Trotter's out there. Are the Eagles getting killed with the cutback? When you shoot that wrong gap, a patient runner is just going to wait. The cutback opens, and, man, they are big games. They, they hurt you. They hurt you bad. Uh, so getting back to your question about Trotter, I think he's going to start, and then I guess you're going to look at Gaither's going to have to come in on passing downs. I don't see Trotter being in there on passing downs. Uh, that's going to have to be Gaither. Um, but, you know, and this, is, this is another thing. It's injuries, man. He, it, of all the injuries to take, Stuart Bradley was a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. By far their best linebacker. You know, they're not very deep at linebacker anyway. Of all places to get hurt, this is, you know, the Eagles are a pretty deep team. Uh, not at linebacker. So you not think at linebacker. This, uh, we're going to see the, uh, the Trotter axe during the introductions? 
he's going to start coming out of the tunnel? I think we're going to see the X at some point, whether it's the introductions or whatever it is. If I'm the Eagles, and usually they, you know a lot of teams choose between introducing offense or defense, I would assume they go with Trotter because that's going to get everybody fired up, you know, just to see. Uh, you know what, actually, Ryan, I have a question for you. I haven't seen this yet, and I meant to ask. Did they just take 54 from Tracy White? I'm assuming they did. Yeah, I remember they asked him uh, that right off the bat, and you figured there would have to be big-time respect to uh, give it a guy like Trotter, you know what I mean? If Tracy White asked for a dollar, I think that's ridiculous. You know, if it was, you know, come on, I mean, that's ridiculous. So I don't think he would. You're exactly right. Out of respect, just hand it over. If you remember, cause, and this is why I asked, because if you remember in 80, uh, 2004, uh, in 03, Billy McMullen wore number 81. And he had one catch for two yards that year. And then T.O. comes in, and Billy McMullen even says, yeah, they didn't ask me. They just gave Terrell Owens 81. And he said, well, I guess when you have one catch all year, you don't really have much of a say in it. You know, Tracy White's never really been on the field other than special teams, so I don't think he, he really has much of a say in it. Um, but, you know, Ryan, I got you here. What, what's your take on the game this week? Um, you think they're going to beat the snot out of the Buccaneers? Are they going to blitz Josh Johnson ridiculously? You know, what do you think's happening this week? I think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to use a lot more of uh, the Michael Vick thing than we're all talking about because I, I don't think they want to put McNabb in a situation where he has to take any more blows than possible. A lot of quick passes, and uh, it's a shame that Kevin Cobb has to sit out because. Uh, he seemed pretty good, and obviously Vic has more of a quicker athletic threat as far as you know option out. And uh, I think it's going to be more of a uh, offensive display. Although the you know the Tampa Bay runs the ball pretty well, so I'm I'm really excited to see Trot in that role because they do run it. If they do anything well, that's the only thing they do well. So I'll be watching the run defense and also our uh, passing offense. No, I agree, and the, uh, the Buccaneers are going to try and run it. Here's the problem with them running the ball, and this is why we might, we might not see as much of Trot as we would like to. If this game, and this could happen, this game could get, out, could get ugly early. At that point, you've got to throw to come back, and you know, they might not even have Trotter out there. Um, I think the, uh, Cadillac Williams is going to get the start. Uh, Derek Ward, I believe, will be back. Yeah, they, they are going to try and run the ball. Here's what I'm looking at, Ryan, and Here's my thing. I want to see them do this more because we are looking at a game that should get out of hand. If the Eagles are doing what they're supposed to, this game should and will get out of hand. If they get any kind of a 24-point lead, anything like that, anything over 20, I want Donovan out, I want Westbrook out. Let Kevin Cobb play, give Vic some more time, let LaShawn McCoy out there, run Eldra Buckley, I don't care. (laughs) Get those guys out. You don't need them in a blowout. And I've seen him do this before, especially with Westbrook. Yeah. and the games, why is he in there? You know what? Here's, here's a revolutionary theory. If it gets close again, you can put him back in. You know, what's your point threshold before they take those guys out? Would, would, would you do it with a 21-point lead? Uh, if that was into the third quarter, yes. Not the first or second, obviously. But, yeah, you make a good point there. I mean, it was only uh, two years ago when uh, – I guess it was Belichick ripped out Matt Castle in a preseason game and put Brady back in because he didn't like the performance. So you can always put somebody back in. If, uh, you know, Elger Bunkley is, like, putting the ball on the ground, you can always put Westbrook in. But I agree. I think this is a going to be an exciting game to watch just basically to see how both sides of the ball are fine-tuning their skills because this basically is a preseason game. It is, and that's one of the, the things, too, when I talk about pulling McNabb. And they, they should get a healthy dose of Vic because he needs the work. He really needs the work. He could always use more passing opportunities. And anything to cut down Donovan's load, give Vic the work. But at the same time, they have three straight NFC East, uh, NFC East uh, games coming up after the Raiders, which another I was just getting into them. They're, they're dreadful. Um, I don't think. So I think the key is to get Vic work without showing what they really, really want to do with him. I think for those games, they're going to have a new bag of tricks for him. But he's got to have his feet under him. He's got to be ready to go for that. So I think they are going to get Vic much more work. And I'm curious to see it because so far, we haven't seen the Michael Vic experiment while Donovan fit out there. You know, preseason doesn't count. It was always with Cobb. That was when he, so we're going to get to see something new for sure. And we're going to get a little bit more of a taste on 
what they really plan to do with Vic, uh, especially now you know with Donovan back. They have all the weapons, uh, relatively healthy, I guess you could say. You know, still no Kevin Curtis, but for the purpose of having Westbrook in there and Donovan in there, and I think we're going to really start to see uh, the master plan for Michael don't Vick. You, don't you think the the real benefit of the Vic Wildcat thing, if you call it that, which I believe in what you were saying that they didn't unveil everything, would be uh, Vic actually passing the ball. Like, he comes in the game, and that threat, that threat is there, and then he simply throws a quick slant to Avant. I, I absolutely agree, Ryan. I appreciate the call, but i got to go to break. Uh, I appreciate you calling in, and we'll see, you, see everybody else on the other side. Thanks, Ryan. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports if you're a fantasy football lover you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial even if you're a novice this could be for you butts and butts along with former nfl linebacker sean barber have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football that's right suicide fantasy football is now available go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details you'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win twenty-five thousand dollars. suicide fantasy football is just like the game you know and love with a little twist there's no draft you select a lineup every week and just about every starter from an nfl team is available to you. The catch is, you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady Tomas for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks. No waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, joining you on this Friday evening, this lovely October Friday evening. And we've been talking some birds. We talked a little Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked the Phillies. Uh, you know, now, usually, like, this time of the show, I like to kind of go through the NFC, see where we are, see where we are now, see what the division looks like. And, uh, you know, we talked the Eagles. Let, let's look at the Giants. Um, and... Actually, I think we got our buddy G Cobb with us. G, you with us? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, uh, I'm over here in uh, Drexel Hill uh, doing uh, an appearance for the, uh, for the Eagles and stuff. Over here with Max Gene Gillis, and uh, Max is, uh, is over here yapping it up a little, a little bit. You know, uh, he's a big dude. You know, but he's a big um, boy. But you know, you, you, you're talking about the NFC East, and you know, I, I just uh, glanced up at. Uh, the ESPN board and, and, and saw them. They were talking about the, the Cowboys, you know, and and where they're at. I, I tell you, uh, I had said that I didn't think the Cowboys were going to be legitimate. That they they are not that good of a football team uh, because uh, they lost a guy that you know, like him or not. Yes, he's disruptive and all that. But you know, um, one thing that that Terrell Owens does is he he does bring some things from the standpoint of of, of making his guys compete uh, and. The guy's been productive. I mean, maybe he's falling off his game now, but doggone it. You, you can't replace, you know, 10 touchdowns and a guy that beats double teams and catches 10 touchdowns and is always a major threat. You take that off of the team, it, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge loss. And that's why Deshaun Jackson right now, you got a number one receiver, a guy that they try to stop every game and expose for a big touchdown. When you got a guy like that, he's invaluable. Because he's like he's like Kobe Bryant, you know they right. double teaming Kobe Bryant all the time. And what does he do? He, he scores thirty. All the other guys are shooting open shots. That, that a guy like that is so valuable to the team that if you take him away, what it does is requires everybody else to be that much better to be productive. And you can see that the the, the Cowboys miss him. Hello? Yeah, you still with us? We lose G. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was just saying, you know, they, they miss him and, and Tony Romo. Now we're getting a look at Tony Romo. And that's why, you know, I, I know I've hopped on this so long. But with Donovan McNabb, you know, and Donovan's got his shortcomings. I mean, no doubt about it. But I don't care what anybody says. There's a reason that you pay good players more money than bad players. Okay? Right. If you, if you, I mean, come on. If you've got a good receiver, that's better than having a bad receiver. I mean, or, or rather than have an average receiver. And, right. and people don't care how you shake it up. You know, if, if, it, if it didn't matter, they wouldn't even have the draft. It wouldn't matter who you drafted. Just get, get a guy, one guy is the same as another guy. No, there are good players, there are average players, and there are bad players, okay? Yeah. Good receivers are better than, than average receivers. Come on. Yeah. And, and G, hey, look, I'll be the first one to admit it. I'll, so far, I'm wrong. So far, I'm wrong. We talked on this show months ago about Roy Williams, and you yeah. said you didn't, you really didn't like him too much. I said he's a way above the average wide receiver, and right now, I'm kind of looking bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'll tell you this: you know, it's not just him; it, it, it's huh. not, it's also Romo. Come on, you and know, Garrett, and Jason Garrett. Roy Williams is hurt though. He really, he got hit. He might have a broken rib. I don't know. I saw when he got hit. He, oh. he, he's not healthy, you know. So some no. of those uh, big plays last week, he wasn't playing. So it, it's not all him. I think he can be, he can play better than the numbers he's put up so far. But he's hurt, you know. Uh, I, I, I know when um, Romo threw him a hospital ball uh, last oh. week, and uh, he got hit in the rib, and and I could tell he was hurt. So oh yeah, you know, he was hurt instantly. Absolutely. Yeah, but but I think that you know if if uh, if they're running the right offense, there's certain things he can do because he's big and he's physical. Uh, but um, I, you know I don't think he's a Terrell Owens. I mean, I, I, he's just not a Terrell Owens uh, level. But no, he's not. I, think he, I think he can play better than he's playing. But but the thing that I knew though is that see with Romo though, see and when you had Owens and you got the Witten and all those guys. It's the way the Eagles are now. It makes quarterback position a lot easier because they got to declare. They got to come out and say, "Okay, we're taking away uh, Deshaun Jackson." Right. Right there's only certain things they can do. It makes reading the defense so much easier. And uh, and if you got people that are productive, you, and you know, if you got guys that you know can, are going to get open, you don't have to read as much. You go, "Oh, look, okay, uh, he's going to be open." I'm looking at this guy, and you see where they come out, and uh, and these guys have been open, and it makes the job a lot easier. So. That's why, um, you know, I can't say enough that it's, it's better to have good players rather than average players. And anybody yeah. about to be out of their mind to say that there's no big deal. I mean, come on. And for Andy to have tried to, come on, how, 
Look, look at Deshaun last week. He caught, I mean, uh, the, the week before. When he caught the pass from Cobb, he, he's almost falling backwards. The ball was kind of thrown behind him. He, he fades back. He catches the ball. Then he turns around on the safety, makes a move on him, touchdown. Yeah, he was, he was about two steps into that run when you I knew mean, it was over. It was over. I mean, come on. You know, you got a guy like that, and you're going to tell me that there's no difference between him and an average receiver. I mean, come on. Oh, of, course, of course there is. Now, do you have a question well, for you, though, with Deshaun? Hey, you have him in the second tier of wide receivers in the NFL. I have him in the second hey, tier, and that's a compliment. Hey, hey, check this out. What about last week, Brandon Marshall? You tell me yeah. that he's... He's not a special receiver. Come on, you're not going to score. How many receivers going to score on that play? First of all, you know he's he's so imposing, he's so big. He takes the ball away from Newman. It wasn't even a good pass. No, it wasn't. He takes the ball away from and runs it in for a touchdown. Orton gets crazy, gets credit for a long touchdown pass. Everybody's happy, and I yeah. know he's a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> he's been better though. He has been better. I mean, but the thing is, the guy's a player. You know, if, if the Gonna be a knucklehead. Give me a guy that's a player. If he can't play, then you better not be a knucklehead. But you, but the thing is, I mean, it's just like a pretty girl. I mean, if the girl don't look like anything, come on, you're, you're short with her. You know, hey, come on. What? What did you say? You know, you, she's out of there. <laughs> she's out of there. But the pretty girls that have gotten away with all kind of junk, and you know, you gotta show up with something, and 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 a, a guy that can play. It, it, there's a reason you're looking for guys that can play. There's a reason they put millions and millions of dollars into the draft because they're looking for good players, not average players, not yeah. mediocre players, not bad players. And then for the Eagles to try to say, well, you know what? You don't need a great receiver. You don't need. You don't need. Come on, it makes you better when you got good players. Come on. It yeah, absolutely does. It's, it's, it's almost a shame it's taken this Andy Reid this long to have a passing offense and come then on. make the guys actually catching the ball an afterthought. <laughs> How do you how do you say I'm going to pass the ball, but oh, the guy's catching it are going to be afterthought. And gee, I mean, look, that's our time for this week. I appreciate you joining me for the last segment. And uh, this is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.